0: Welcome to the Spiritually Curious Therapist Podcast, a safe space for therapists and healers to explore the intersection of spirituality and healing in the context of being a professional. I am Jody Silverlin, licensed clinical social worker, therapist, consciousness guide, and ranking master and teacher. I am also wildly curious about all things spiritual and holistic. I started this podcast as I became interested in the intersection of spirituality and mental health treatment. You can learn about me and my offerings at my websites, therachiehealing.com and journeywithkindredsouls.com. And if you are interested in using psychotherapeutic Reiki in your practice, join our growing Facebook group at Psychotherapeutic Reiki for Clinicians. Although I am a therapist, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. If you would like to contribute to the podcast, please contact me at the spiritually curious therapist at gmail.com. Hi, and welcome back to an episode of the spiritually curious therapist. Today we have Amy Kemp. Amy is a licensed professional counselor in Pennsylvania and the author of The Clinician's Guide to Treating Adult Children of Narcissists, Pulling Back the curtain on Manipulation, Gaslighting, and Emotional Abuse in Narcissistic Families, which, by the way, is an awesome book. If none of you have um, read it, I highly, highly recommend. She is the co-founder and co-owner of Climb Health and Wellness, a fully integrated primary care health community. Previously, she owned a private practice specializing in stress disorders, including narcissistic abuse recovery and complex PTSD. When not doing therapy, Amy tends to herself with gardening, meditation, various physical activities, and spending time with her family and friends. Amy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: Yeah, thank you for being here. I'm really excited to to jump into all of this. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you're currently doing, and how you got here.
1: Yeah, so I um, am a licensed professional counselor in Pennsylvania, but um, I kind of like to think more of myself as just a human being, um, trying to figure it out like everyone else, Um I really have enjoyed my life of, uh, serving and helping others, um, find passion, find connection and working with a more spiritual lens. Um, I didn't always know it was a spiritual lens, um, but I always knew it like in that kind of greater than or something more, uh, sense, um, it hasn't really been, I think since the pandemic that I was like, yes, this is really my path and I really want to, um, afford to head a little bit more on naming it the spiritual um rather than a quasi-spiritual way which i work yeah i love that yeah so a lot with i mean people i've worked through narcissistic for many years um i started actually in addiction um and i think that's kind of where my journey maybe um naming it in that spiritual way through like 12 step work and seeing mm-hmm. like um how how spirituality can be um a way in which people can recover. Yes. Um in that way. So it's, it's my, that's kind of where my foundational work as a as a therapist started with an addiction. And then through that seeing um, you know, transitioning more to narcissistic abuse and um and seeing that um as a way in which there's um a level of spirituality that gets bankrupted when you're in a relationship with an earth.
0: Absolutely. And can you say a little bit more, Amy, about how, so I'm I'm, I'm hearing how you kind of realized that some of the work that you were doing early on really did have or does have this spiritual lens to it. Did you have your own practice that you kind of layered into that or did you come to it through, the actual uh, therapeutic work, and then began your own kind of spiritual practice?
1: Um, It's something I sort of just started doing. I had my own practice for a number of years. I mean, I've worked in group practices. I worked in um, centers, uh, nonprofit work. Um, And so there's a lot of varied experiences um, and ways that I've worked with people. Um, But it was really when I had my own practice, That I I kind of really more went for something a little bit deeper, a little bit more spiritual um, and grounded. And you know, through my own process, my own work, have found that to be a source of strength for me.
0: Yeah, and so is that something that you bring into the work that you that you do with folks in terms of like bringing your own experience with having a connection to something greater than yourself?
1: Yeah, for sure. So. I think when I was like, cl- Climb Health and Wellness was started um, a year ago and it was really born out of this need on my private practice, working with people with stress disorder. So anything from kind of like every day stress to complex trauma and specifically narcissistic abuse. And I was very frustrated as a single practitioner. Um, so then I got, made a little group practice and I still was very frustrated that there were these somatic issues that people would present with that the medical system couldn't really, um, handle at the time, like, you know, it would take weeks for appointments and things like that. And then that would cause, become more the focus of the therapy with medical anxiety rather than it being, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the challenge of that kind of them uh, they get somatic presentations. But I'm not qualified to that as a medical, uh, issue or not. So, you know, referring out and, um, waiting for results and those things, it became very frustrating um, working, especially with people that are in high stress situations. So uh, my business partner and a doctor that I work with, Dr. Jesse Fields, she was, you know, had her own challenges with the medical system. Um, and we decided, you know what, like we could do this better and let's do it ourselves. So all that to be said, it's this process of we're working and getting those kinds of things, just taking care of, like no, this is not medical, or, you know, um, somebody can be supported medically while also then attending to something else um, in a more psychological or spiritual way has really allowed people to take healthy risks and gain trust with something that's greater than themselves.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. So, so long answer. That's really yeah, long No, but it, but, but I, I think it's super important because what I'm, what I think I'm hearing you say is that, um, taking, coming together, first of all, with other, um, professionals that are, are coming from a different lens. So whether it's like a a medical professional and from what I understand, and, and I want to hear a little bit more about climb and the way that you do this, but you also have like nutritionists and body workers and physical fitness folks all kind of engaged. And I know there's probably more all kind of engaged in in this setting. And so this idea of a, of a holistic approach as a way of supporting somebody's spiritual wellness, um, it sounds like has really opened people up for healing in a way that therapy by itself um, is not always able to do because there are all these missing pieces. Does that make sense? Did I lose
1: you? Oh, you there? Yeah, I am now. Okay. <laughs> I don't hear anything. I'm like, I talk. to him like,
0: oh, oh. what are, What happened? Did Did you hear what I said?
1: No, oh. not at all. Okay, so I'm going to have to go back and say it again. <laughs> uh, we'll cut this part out. Okay. You haven't recorded. You haven't recorded that
0: yeah I do have it recorded. You're right um so I think what I said was, okay, so I think that this is really beautiful, and what i'm what I'm hearing you say is that um bringing in these other points of view and ways and and like this holistic approach and ways of treating individuals, so bringing in the medical piece and from what I understand a climb, you also have the um you have a physical fitness expert, you have nutritionists, you have body workers, you have, you know, you're bringing in all sorts of um, points of view as a way of helping somebody heal from a holistic place, which then supports spiritual wellness and healing in a way that therapy by itself um, can't always do.
1: That's well said. Well said. I might have to take that. Uh, so I and, and make it more distinct because that is exactly what we're, what we do here. I mean, at Climb, it's just, it's a part of taking everyone's individual expertise. Like, we really believe not one person can meet everyone's needs. Right. Um, and so, like, let's make a team or a community, um, mm-hmm. that can, um, mm-hmm. and if not, we'll bring people in or find more ways to get that met, that need met. And I found, like, through that, the ability that people are able to then go back and either heal some trauma because of the safety net, um, that's there. And then also really open themselves up to, you know, whatever higher power or um, experience that they have with their own spirit is now safer. They can then go inward because their body is taken care of. The safety of it is being taken care of in a much different way.
0: Oh, I love that yes so so by bringing in these additional pieces like the both the like the medical and the physical and the body work and and the exercise and nutrition right like so the container of the physical body mm-hmm. is really being attended to mm-hmm. which allows somebody you, I, I think about it from a chakra perspective right like you, you like the, the root chakra is being really held. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and which allows us to do a deeper dive into that sacral chakra and the solar plexus where, where we tend to hold um those
1: relational traumas. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly right. It makes it just a way to, to really bolster that, that, that grounding, that root chakra, as you're saying, and be able to then move through to different ways in which people can experience themselves, their life. Um, You know, just a, a really great way of, being able to be safe again. And then I got that so much like beauty springs from like safety. Um, and it's really inspiring, to be, like taking healthy risks, um, reconnecting with people. Like it's just a really interesting, um, it's been great to experience. Um, and this is what we had envisioned, but now we're in it and doing it. And it's like, yeah, this is exactly what is happening. And it's, it's absolutely wonderful.
0: I love that it's coming to fruition. Would you say, you know, as, as you're, you're speaking, one of the words um, that I heard you say was community, and I'm wondering how, um, with climb, how do you intentionally uh, create that
1: community for folks,
0: or unintentionally? So or
1: yeah, yeah, it's kind of both. Yeah. <laughs> it's both. Uh, it just sort of happens. It's part of the. Um, what we do here, we don't have like separate, uh, waiting areas or things like that. It's just, a kind of an open space that it kind of looks like a kitchen that people can kind of just sit in, like, a you know, as a warm, welcoming place and people can mingle or talk if they'd like, um, you know, um, and around, you know, like we, we just sort of work together that way. And then we also do have like group classes or group, we do a lot of group work, um, group nutrition group, um. I've even had like a speaker come and just had like a general conversation about, you know, um, you're really Was actually the topic that I said is very interesting. I like these things. but uh, it's really you just create an atmosphere, and then you know, the leadership, um, whether whatever person is kind of leading it also brings their own curiosity to it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like somebody, like, yes, we're a leader, I'm a the therapist, or Jesse's a physician. Um, and technically we're the experts or the, the leaders in that way, but it's not, it doesn't feel that way. It's more of a genuine, here's what I'm bringing, you know, and then kind of what can you bring of yourself to meet that is more how this community works. And then we're sharing that together and seeing each other's vulnerabilities and strengths and, and celebrating yeah. So, so, so you may be
0: in an exercise class next to your position.
1: Yeah. She actually does. She actually is a trainer. So she does in and runs them. But yeah, so it's very personal. It's, and, and boundaries, like, and this is something I'm curious too. And I know you talked about too on the podcast at times, like boundaries in this way of connecting um, and, and how that, that's, that can be challenging, but also really, if you're open to exploring it, really um, liberating and free um yeah i think that that's that's a really
0: great point and maybe maybe a topic for like a whole other podcast (laughs) another yes yeah like a reimagining boundaries in the um in the therapeutic wellness world especially for therapists where we are taught very 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 rigid boundaries um Mm -hmm. you know when we're initially being taught and, you know, depending on the um, modality that we use or the way in which we decide to do our work, those boundaries might ebb and flow, but you know, it's not, it's, it would be unusual for a therapist to be in a yoga class with their client. As a matter of fact, I, I, Read things like, "Oh my God, I walked into my you know yoga class and my client was in there. Should I stay or should I go?" Um, yeah, and, right. So yeah. It, it it is you know it is interesting because you know like then how do how do you how do you create that community and does that hurt the relationship or help the relationship? I mean,
1: there's a lot a lot to yeah yeah there, it's a very very nuanced and very good yeah. good point. But that it like one of the things is that we are doing things a little unconventionally. Um, yeah. Like you said, Jesse in the class and you're, you're seeing your, you know, physician or therapist or nutritionist, whoever you're seeing at the time as another human being. Mm -hmm. um, And also somebody that has their own expertise, their own, their own um, training, understanding, education, whatever, whatever the thing you're seeking is. Yeah. And yeah, so there's a different way of serving them to people um, Mm -hmm. instead of being so rigid and appointment yeah okay. yeah
0: which you know again is interesting from a spiritual perspective because when we look back in history you know pre pre the therapeutic psychoanalytic hour um you know mm-hmm. where did people get the support they needed in order to process their feelings and work through their traumas and it it, it was typically in community in communal settings um yeah that's moving right. the bodies together you know and m- making food together you know, all of these things making that found we, together. Yeah. Making shout, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so I, I'd like, I, I'd like to like, just make a little bit of a pivot here because I'm really curious about um, the the work that kind of brought you to this place around narcissism and um, yeah. narcissistic abuse in, in the, uh, in, in the sense of, of us being a spiritual, um, a, spiritual abuse kind of
1: yeah yeah can you say more about that yeah I mean it it, it just it kind of almost has to be Um, and uh you know when you think about narcissistic abuse it's really um the kind of almost overtaking of another person uh control and all you know all types of abuse and an overtake of another person um but when it's like parental narcissistic abuse I mean every child you know in some way our parents are our first higher power. You know? And and so when narcissistic abuse happens, like general differentiation and individuation goes and people se- separate from that and create find out their own higher power. But um with narcissists, they have they have like their own personal mission to keep it that way, to keep them as the higher power. Okay. And that and so when you're working with somebody with narcissistic abuse, I mean, this is definitely always in the background of what, what have they internalized from this person that has um, either been put on a pedestal, like, you know, their grandio- the grandiosity side of it, like my, my parent is great or my parent is the worst person in the world. Mm. Um, and, and it's still that polarization is still a level of higher power because the person is unable to be themselves. And unable to have a relationship with their own spirit if if there's that much of a block and, and focus and um pain and trauma from somebody else. So the you know, it's like if they're like the parent can't separate from the kid in terms the kid can't separate from the parent, excuse me, um, when there's a narcissist present. Like even if they do, the emotional wounds of separation thought a level of of um, where that person is still their higher power; they orient around that.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So Does that make sense. I might. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. No, it, it it makes a lot of sense. So it, what what I think about is um, from an attachment perspective, right? So when you when you are um, in relationship to a narcissistic parent, oftentimes um, the attachment is disorganized in some kind of way and so you don't have that safety in going out and exploring and developing your own relationships with others in a in a safe way right like so it becomes all about like and i i really like the way you say that i had i hadn't thought about it from that perspective that the narcissistic parent becomes the
1: higher power um and so how they say that way so like everyone grows up with narcissists like Everyone, I'm sorry. Everyone grows up in a way in which, like, I mean, you're first born, like, your parents are the ones that feed you, take care of you. Like, you yes. are helpless yes. in this world. And your parent naturally is your higher power. Yes. And then, but the narcissist stays that way. Stays that um, way. Right. Better, you know, Yeah. Whether you're the golden child or the scapegoat, the narcissist is still the higher power in that structure.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so, what have you, what have you found to be helpful in terms of, approaching this from a spiritual perspective and working with people who like let's say are coming in um having um want wanting to really unpack some of this and still feeling um loyalty to that parent as a higher power from a spiritual perspective. How do you help them start to individuate a little bit?
1: So first noticing self, like having a relationship with self because it's not just that um, and that's where the spirit part comes into this. Like there, that you, the, the loss of spirit that someone has when they are living for someone else mm-hmm. or living in protection of someone else, um, to be protected for someone else, um, from someone else. It, it's first really connecting to who and getting to know who that person is. There's the human person. And so I use a lot of, I, I like ISS as a, as a way to kind of move through this. Yeah. To learn what parts want. Um, there's a part that's scared, there's a part that is hopeful, there's a part, you know, kind of learning what parts are saying. And that's still the humanity part of us. Yep. Um, our brain, our body trying to speak. Um, and so that's important first is to let our brain and body speak. Our body and we need to be safe. And then once there's that relationship, then it can bloom that's really um an IFS world itself. Um but it can really be the source of power. And, uh, you know, I see that as a very spiritual space of of self and being able to hold all of the realities that are happening in my body, outside my body, um, from from maybe uh, other energies or other, um, being able to tap into those things like that is a special place of spirit within somebody. And so it's really for attending to the parts outside that are, Having to voice yourself and be heard, and once that feels good, you can really dive in and explore what that that beautiful sacred space looks like.
0: Absolutely. So I imagine that this is where you know bringing in some of that the body work and the yoga and the physical exercise and even the nutrition; those are all ways of kind of like loving on oneself and and connecting to that to to that spirit. That maybe folks who have. Grown up with a narcissistic parent have never really done before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. And attending to the parts, whatever their needs may be, or is it, you know, can we do this or, and building consistency and trust and safety within somebody's own body and um, kind of psyche to then be able to open up for spirit and allow that to really come out and flow. Um, yeah, you know, special, special life than it does. Yeah, I
0: love this. And so, I'm wondering as as you're talking, what's coming up for me is okay. So, so I I love this way of of reconnecting with oneself. What if someone's coming in and maybe, or at least initially, they don't necessarily identify narcissistic abuse as as a child, um, which we know sometimes that that takes a while to to get to and uncover. But they are potentially mm-hmm. coming out of a, a narcissistic um, abuse situation as an adult, maybe with their significant other or me, or even a sibling or a friend. What, what kinds do you have them move through this in the same kind of way? Or does this look different when it's more of an adult experience? It's, it's like more present.
1: I think it depends on their own trauma history or what their history looks like. If it's a present thing, obviously, I mean, getting safety, mm-hmm. creating ways of self-regulation, grounding, um, and then you can definitely use spirit, um, spiritual practices for that, mm-hmm. right? Um, Reiki, meditation. I mean, there are so many different ways, and that's opening, um, you know, in different kinds of therapy, too. Even connecting inward can be just a spiritual way of, you know, noticing what's happening inside. Um, so it's grounding, containment, whatever, attending to any safety concerns. If there's a specific issue um, or perceived unsafe um, concern. Mm-hmm. Um, and then helping them sort of differentiate am I unsafe or is, am I uncomfortable? And playing with that, that kind of line is this unsafe or am I uncomfortable? And, mm-hmm. and finding what feels right for them to create a way that they can then be. But it's really, um, and then, then of course, then uncovering what is actually happening in the dynamic that is causing such a disturbance. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's boundaries or, you know, some sort of other, again, tool or part that might need to be um, encouraged um, or worked or helped with um, to be troubled, um, helping any and burden any, uh, exile of thing. But it does, it kind of does obviously lead all back to kind of trauma history and why somebody's triggered um, mm-hmm. in the way that they are mm-hmm. uh, to be able to, to and and to them really reacting the way they are yeah, yeah. for always safety always safety first
0: always safety right that, that root chakra has to be nice and flow, flowy and, and balanced yeah. um before we can move up into into the the higher uh frequency chakras for sure um yeah so yeah so i love that is there anything else in terms of just how you do your work and, um, and bringing spirituality into the room that you would like to share with us?
1: I'd like this question. It's just, it's such. um, um it's, it's obviously not for everyone. Not every client is open to exploring in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you it's just so special when you find those clients that are really willing to go there and open that space and really, be able to, um, try to explore what is happening inside for them, um, and what their connection is, um, to themselves and then anything outside of themselves. Yes. And so things that I like to do, I mean, I, I often close my eyes when I'm in that space with them. Yeah. And um, I will kind of pause and really go slow, uh, really, really slow. Um, sometimes we use movement, sometimes, um, you know, we just kind of need uh, to put on a song. I mean, there's really just kind of what we what channel um that was a term I learned from one of my teachers, what channel does somebody else get that nourishment from? Oh, I love that. And he, yeah, I love the chair. I think like, I need to remember that one. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. So what channel does the client get their nourishment from? Um, and then kind of attune to that, whether it's play or um you know, movement, like I said, or or music or something, um, Mm -hmm. singing, chanting, sometimes you do that, you know, it's kind of different things that people can do. Um, yeah. So that's, I think that's kind of what else I'd like to say. It's like attuning to the channel of where the spiritual nourishment can come from.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I really love this and this has been coming up more and more, um, in different conversations that I've had. And I, I remember, um, I I did a a, one of the podcasts is with my sister who's a pediatric occupational therapist, and I remember visiting her years ago in one of her clinics, and um, you know, it's the clinic looks like it looks like a big like almost like a jamboree, you know, there's like swings, Uh foam and like all sorts of stuff, and and you know, the she would she worked with kids, and the kids would come in, and and I'm watching her like work with this kid, and. I said to her, I was like, how do you know, like, how do you know what to do with the child? Like there's so much going on and I'm watching her just kind of follow this kid around. And, and she said, I just, I, I follow his lead. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, that's like so simple and also so profound at the same time. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, I've been talking about it in lots of different contexts, but now as I'm saying it out loud, I think even like with Reiki, right like it's all about like trusting the process and and following the reiki and i think with even with therapy it's like trusting the process and following the client and um and just being right. with them you know and and where they go and and in that way you can attune to that channel and then use that as a way of connecting and helping them find those areas where they can become more connected to their spirituality
1: yeah i get yeah, I completely that's that's such a great way, a metaphor from it of uh, the pediatric OT and and really finding what works for that client, um, but allowing them to lead that. I think that is a huge component of I mean, any therapeutic process. Like it builds that consistency and trust within themselves for them to do their life in the way that they need to or want to. Yeah. Um, or and so I I, I think that's such a big, 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 big piece of of any sort of therapy um, is wit- the witnessing of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I really appreciate you bringing that up too because it's it's something Um, I know we talk about kind of as therapists, like, oh, yeah, let the client meet. It's kind of like, you know, meet the client where they're at. Like, it's like one of these like, little one-off statements that we say. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. each other in supervision. Well, you're not yep. meeting the client where they're at. You know, it's like, okay, what does that even mean right now? You yeah. <laughs> Right, it's like yeah, that, that's yeah. so true. But yeah, yeah, it's a feeling. It's a feeling for sure. Um, and yeah, and I feel yeah. If you're not moving past some of the human protector parts, mm-hmm. um, and doing that safely in a safe way, yeah, it gets really mucky if you don't do it in a safe way. But that's that's where it's at. That that growth.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think too, along those same lines, even as you're saying that is, um, you know, like us as therapists doing our own work, because in order for us to allow the client to take the lead, we have to let go of our ego and, you know, and not get engaged with our therapist parts or our fixer parts that, you know, jump out and are like, no, that's not the right way to go. Let me show you the right way. Um, I think that's, you know, I think that's really important for us and why our own
1: spiritual work is also um, mm-hmm. really important. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's easy to fall into that, um, that space of being the expert of being the the person um, that I'm here, you know, I'm paying you to do something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that gets really challenging. Um, and so that, that, work that we, exactly what you're saying that we do you have to do um around what you know our, even our desire might be for that that kind of acknowledgement or something like that and then working on freeing that from ourselves to be just you know who we are um and, and people we are with training and knowledge but that's yeah. not ter- that's not the first step right yep
0: yeah so um how, Amy, how can people get in touch with you if they're if they're curious about Climb Wellness and wanting to know more about what um, what your practice has to offer? What's where's the best way to reach you?
1: Sure. My um, probably the best way to reach me, you can look at our, our website is uh, myhealthclimb.com. And that myhealthclimb.com. That's our website. And then um, the email, probably the best one to reach me on is info. At my climb.com. Perfect. Okay. Um, I'm also on Instagram too, if that is easier for people, at amy.kemp, uh, K E M uh, P E, dot therapist. Excellent. And I will put all of
0: that in the show notes so that people have access to it. Um. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here today. Um, As always, I really enjoy talking with you and hearing about all of the cool stuff that you're doing over there at Climb Wellness. And um, I'm just so excited about the work that you're doing.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure, really.
0: Absolutely. And so this concludes another episode of The Spiritually Curious Therapist. If you are a therapist who is curious about spirituality or using spirituality in your practice, please reach out to me at thespirituallycurioustherapist@gmail.com, at gmail.com, or you can visit my website at journeywithkindredsouls.com and just fill out the form um, if you're interested in contributing to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Links to everything we talked about are in the show notes below. As a reminder, for more information about me and or to contact me, visit my website at therapyhealing.com. T-H-E-R-A-C-H-I healing.com. Peace and blessings to you all.